Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Yeah, come on. I just hope we can win a game. Come on. Dropping stats over beats is the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. Yo, it's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips. It's the fantasy freestyle. You win championships at the fantasy freestyle. Dropping stats over beats is the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. It's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips at the fantasy freestyle. You win championships with that fantasy freestyle. Yeah, 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 you know what it is. This is Speeds in the Place to Be. Rox is actually in Cuba enjoying the vacation. He was like, you know what? I didn't win my fantasy leagues. I ain't got no money, but I'm going down there because I hear it's popping. So I am joined for week 17 here on the Fantasy Freestyle, dropping stats over beats with my man Coltrane, special guest hosting. You may see him on that sports guru, but this is Speeds and Coltrane. We're going to hear a little bit from Rox a little bit later. As we go into week 17, dropping stats over beats. It's the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, Cole, we're bringing you on because of uh, multiple reasons, man. One, I hear you won your fantasy league, right? Right, right, right. Who, uh, who, who, helped, who led you to a championship? So I got to give a big shout out to my main guy, LaShawn McCoy. Yep, yep. LaShawn McCoy was huge. Matt Ryan with the comeback season. Um, came out of nowhere this year. Yes. So. Those are uh, those are definitely people that will help you win your league and win that cash. And truth be told, uh, Speeds and Coltrane, we competed in a fantasy uh, football league this season. Uh, neither one of us, neither one of us was successful. However, Cole, I got to tell you, I don't know. I think it was like the ninth place game or something. I was playing you this weekend and I seized ninth place against well, you. So uh, it's been I happen. Not pleased about what that what happened there, but you know that that's is way to go sometimes. You know. Yeah, I'm saying. I'm saying. And here's the other thing. Here's the other reason that uh, I wanted to bring Coltrane on and his special expertise because I've been saying for a little while here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network that if you are in leagues that have like these two week uh, championships or by some reason are playing your championship on week 17 because we're going to be talking about week 17 but we already have we already have news that you know Le'Veon Bell not playing Ben Roethlisberger not playing Antonio Brown not playing so many different people are going to be resting and we're going to talk about some motivations of some other teams a little bit later on but Cole you, Coltrane you told me that you were in a two week fantasy championship matchup right how does that work out but you're still done by week 17 or are you playing in week 17 no we're finished so what we did was we started in week uh we started our playoffs a week earlier than most people did so we started week 13 we did so six teams made the playoffs let me start off like that with that already six teams make it start week week one is week 13 it's a one-week playoff then you do your semifinals, which is week 14. Then week 15 and week 16 are your championship rounds. Okay. Two okay. Four, add them together from the two weeks. That's how you get your score. I ended up winning the championship by a total of about 
four and a half points. That's pretty crazy. Over two weeks, man. So Coltrane locking it in, winning his league and winning that cash. He was getting a little bit of advice from speeds across the way. So holding him down. Yo, check it out. I I just asked Coltrane because, you know, like, I don't really like those leagues that are going into week 17 because, you know, your studs may not be playing. We're going to get into that. But someone else who did not make it to week 17, it turns out, was Rex Ryan. I have been railing against Rex Ryan for a little while, Coltrane, saying that, you know, his whole squad was a dumpster fire all the way back at the beginning of the season where uh, Shaq Lawson got injured early, the uh, highly touted rookie. Marcel Darius checked into a facility. They fired their offensive coordinator very early. There were questions of nepotism going around with him and his brother Rob. They don't even know if they want to bring back Tyrod Taylor. Rex is kind of rah-rah. Is not working. You know, one thing that I thought was funny about the Rex Ryan firing, I don't know if you remember this, Coltrane, but he redid a paint job on his truck to be like a Bill's paint job on his car. So now that he's fired, he still has to drive around with that as his car. What do you think about that, huh? He's got to drive around with the paint job on his car and the paint job on his, what is it, his arm? Yes. Yes. I think he probably got that Mark Sanchez tattoo undid. Maybe he filled it in a little bit to make it Tyrod Taylor or your boy Shady McCoy, huh? Yeah. He's got to draw two reminders now of how badly he's failed. I mean, I can't picture him. I don't know who's going to give him a job because he's... I. I don't see any reason why after he took this Buffalo team, Mm -hmm. which by all accounts was a pretty good team. And just draw them straight directly into the ground. And the thing I, is, wasn't his wasn't his foundation defense? And it's not like the Bills defense, defense. became any better. They had a top five, top ten defense before oh, Rex Ryan got there. Absolutely. I mean, I think, and I, I said as, as, as I was watching this disaster against the Dolphins, I said this is the last straw because the, you can't take that defense and let let a team led by a backup quarterback. Yeah, really. Jay Ajayi ran for over two hundred yards against them both times. They faced each other this season Oh yeah That's crazy That's absolutely crazy But you know I mean I guess The interesting thing is You know We're coming up on You know A lot of teams will uh, Be thinking about And happy about the playoffs After this weekend's action But then on Monday It's going to be Black Monday And you know We've already had A few coaches fired Rex Ryan has been fired In Buffalo Gus Bradley has been fired Already out in Jacksonville And of course Don't forget about The uh, always lovely Below 500 Jeff Fisher Finally, that error, not the error, the error of Jeff Fisher has been ended in Los Angeles. So those are three jobs right there, right? I wonder, uh, do you think there's any other? Let's get into pure speculation mode because that's what we do here. Dropping speculation over beats. It's the fantasy freestyle. Coltrane filling in for rocks. And I'm your boy, Speeds, the spitting statistician, holding you down on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, Cole, any other coaches you think might be on the hot seat? For example, I've got two. I think uh, Chuck Pagano could be gone, and I think Marvin Lewis may be nearing the end of his tenure in Cincinnati. Do you think there's any other coaches that better be looking out uh, for the Reaper come Monday? Well, I've heard I would say Marvin Lewis too, but I have heard, just from reading around the internet, that with, I mean, unsubstantiated rumors right now. That's what we do. Unsubstantiated stuff. Just throw it around, bro. That they're giving giving him the, the option of leaving 
or doing one more year. That's what I've heard. That's, that's crazy. What that's the I option of like you could leave. <laughs> that that doesn't even sound weird. That sounds like there's still no faith in him whatsoever. We're here in New York though. Here, Coltrane, uh, Coltrane and Speeds here. That's where we're based, and I'm seeing the uh, papers today. A lot of people have, for some reason, thought that uh, Todd Bowles might get the accent. There's a lot of reports today that Todd Bowles will, in fact, they think be retained. I actually agree with that. I think he needs an, a little bit more of a chance with this team, with this roster, with this locker room. I don't know. So, so, so this brings me to the question. The Coltrane. Um, out of these guys, the Bills job, the Jaguars job, or the Rams job, because those are the jobs that we know now, right? Maybe the Bengals will be up. Doesn't look like the Jets will be up. I really do think Andrew Luck is a little bit uh, peeved off in India, and I think they're going to have to do something different. But out of these jobs that we know will be different next year, let's say you're like an up and coming. You know, college coach or an up-and-coming coordinator. Um, which of these jobs, or like a TV analyst, let's say, which of these jobs are you um, most excited about interviewing for? Well, let me give you the little little list right here. So, my least exciting one, Buffalo. Yeah. For, to start off, Buffalo, I feel like this team is going to go over a complete makeover. They're going to be completely rebuilding from what this team was. Um, uh-huh. Sean McCoy is probably the only piece left that you're going to have that's usable. Besides, maybe Sammy Watkins. Right. Plus, you're in Buffalo. Who wants to be in Buffalo? I don't know. True. true. But, certainly not Marshawn Lynch. No, certainly not. Number two, I'd say Jacksonville. Um, I think, you know, you got a, you're going to have a nice draft pick for the next season. Sure. Uh, down, down south in Florida, Jacksonville's nice. Mm-hmm. And um, I personally, I think the defense is getting better. I really do. Um, and then I think, I don't think Blake Bortles is quite done yet. I think okay. we'll see a resurgence from him. You think if they bring in one of these quarterback whispers or something like that, that he's still fixable? He is only something, he's only, he's only like 24, 25 years old. I think he's got time and, and eventually you can move on if you have to. But the most exciting one, I think, is LA. Right. If only because you're in Los Angeles. I mean, if you you're. got to like the market. If you're if you're a prospective coach coming in, you gotta like being in Los Angeles. You already know that everybody knows the team's gonna be bad next year. Right. I mean, right, right. You got a young quarterback to work with. I mean, like really. You got young. a great. You got a great young running back. Also, you have pieces yep. on defense. You have a, a big time market that'll maybe attract free agents. Yep. I mean, I think there's plenty of opportunity to grow in LA. And if you can be you're the moving first- into a brand new stadium with an owner who is clearly going to be providing for you. Spend, spend, spend. And if you can be the first coach to win in L.A. in quite some time, you'll make a name for yourself pretty quickly. Yeah, I like that. I agree with you, Coltrane. I think the Rams is the most attractive job because of a lot of the pieces we just discussed and because of, you know, the hard knocks, glitz and glamour and, you know, the the, magnet, the, the magnetism that that has. But here's the thing with the Rams job. Um, what if Jared Goff is just not the guy? Right. What if he's one of these first round? Because then if that's the case, you're early in the process of figuring that out. And that could mean that you go down the wrong road for a good three years. Like if you at least are in Jacksonville, you already know that Blake, you know, whatever it is, you know, you don't know Jack about Jared Goff. And that is actually to the detriment of uh, Jeff Fisher. They should have been playing the number one overall pick from the beginning, even though he did not know where the sun rises and where the sun sets. But, um, Um, I agree. Jacksonville is interesting to me, man, because, listen, 
They've invested some of that defense. They're taking steps. But I think it's clear that Blake Bortles is a little bit messed up, that he is a little skittish in the pocket, that he does make bad decisions. And I don't know if I would want to inherit him. They're already saying the ownership is saying, and the general manager is saying that uh, the new coach does not have to be tied to Bortles. What I don't like about the Jaguars is the owner, Khan, is trying to make this the London Jaguars. You know, they're having multiple games out there in London or trying to become this adopted team. If I'm going to be the head coach, that's an actual, like, distraction. If I know I have to make that weird trip every single season, that's something that I don't want to deal with. I agree with you about Buffalo. You know, um, they don't know what they're doing with Tyrod. They have Shady, but he's actually probably on the second half of his career, if you want to know the truth. And they've been in purgatory for a long time. They're not attracting anything. If I, Instead of uh, interviewing for the Bills, I'd hold out for some other opportunities or wait for these TV guys to get those jobs, and then I'll take those TV jobs. That's what we're talking about here. Speed and Coltrane on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, yo, we're going to get into, uh, you know, things that you need to help you win your league and win that cash. You know we're going to do our flagship segments, our game flow geniuses, our diamonds in the rough, and our fantasy fugazis. Forget about it. We're also going to give you rocks. Even from Cuba is going to give you his week 17 DFS lineup so you can hit. You know, he's been hot lately, hitting in those tournaments, hitting in those double ups, hitting in those nice little cash games, giving you those lineups. But when I got my man's special guest, Coltrane, we do a lot of things. We play in some fantasy leagues together. We also do work on that sports guru app where uh, fans can talk about sports on video. Get all your hot takes in there if you want and uh, mad ways for you to holler at speeds, the spitting statistician. But when I have Cole here, before we go to break, I want to ask you, though, generally, what are your thoughts on Week 17 as it relates to fantasy sports, as it relates to, say, daily fantasy or picking games? Because I find it so hard. It's almost like a preseason week where you do not know how many uh, teams are going to play hard, who's already got, like, the movers at the in the locker room, who's already got their tea time set for Monday morning in some Caribbean island. What's your rule of thumb thinking about Week 17 in this uh, in this kind of space, Coltrane? Well, for Week 17, I mean, it depends. So, for fantasy football, at least, I think Week 17, if you're a commissioner, you're doing wrong by your league. By yes, making yes, players. yes. Because it's not fair to the players that have to play in that. Because there is no... Because you can draft the best team. You can draft the best team. You can draft all the best players, all the right players. But if they're in the playoff, guess what? They're probably going to play maybe, maybe a half of football this week coming up. So, that's not fair to your players. As far as picking games... Games, DFS, stuff like that. You know, it is a preseason. It's basically preseason, like you said. It's tough to choose, but I guess that's where you make the money, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you. I think here's the deal. You can find some inefficiencies here, and I think that's the beauty of it. Do you realize they came out with the prices for these games, like on Monday? You know, even before Monday Night Football, before an announcement, like literally, D'Angelo Williams and Fitzgerald Toussaint both at forty five hundred this week. So you know, if Le'Veon Bell is getting rested because the Steelers are locked into the three seed as they are, right? And you know it's going to be one of these guys that is going to get all the work against the Cleveland Browns and their 31st ranked defense in the NFL. Like, that's an incredible value. There are ways for you to find inefficiencies. We're going to give them to you here um, on the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. But yo, where are some other places? Like, obviously, the Detroit and the Green Bay game. 
game, right? Those are teams that are playing for it. You know what I like? Here's another one for you, Coltrane. I like to pay up this week for the Seattle Seahawks defense. They are in an atmosphere where they have to win to try to get that second bye. They want a home game. They know they are vulnerable, and they are playing against the juju, blunt, guts, trash team of the San Francisco 49ers, a team that I think is actually trying to not win games. I think Seattle defense will travel well and have a big effort in Week 17, especially after getting lit up by the Cardinals at home last week. I'll pay up for them. Are there any kind of teams you want to say that are still competing or teams that are not competing um, that maybe stick out to you at all going into Week 17 this week? Well, I'll agree with you there. If I've ever seen a team with with its ears pinned further back, it'd be the, it's, it'd be the Seattle Seahawks. Exactly, exactly. They're going to be going for it. And they need, you know, they need they need a win in order to stay viable because they could be two, three, or four in the NFC. A team I'm looking at though that could really show up big this week are the are the Washington Redskins. I think Burke mm. Cousins comes out, and I don't I don't think Janoris Jenkins is going to end. Right, up if you're the Giants and you're locked into the five seed, you're, you're resting Janoris Jenkins a little bit more, and Kirk Cousins, you know that offense is going to be throwing. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're going to be throwing all game basically. So I mean, I look at Kirk Cousins this week as a good as a guy that I would like to put some money on at least. We'll yeah, I like that. I like that. And you know Kirk Cousins likes that. I also, I'm looking for a couple of interesting things here, Coltrane, as it relates to the quirks of Week 17. I think there's going to be another volume play in that same division. I like Carson Wentz as a bargain DFS um, game. I know like the Eagles have nothing to play for, but Carson Wentz is getting that experience. He has Lane Johnson back as his right tackle. And the Eagles have all three of their starting running backs like on IR already. Wendell Smallwood gone. Ryan Matthews gone. Kenyon Barner even gone. The only people are going to be Darren Sproles and uh, another undrafted free agent rookie. They are going to put the ball up. We've seen Carson Wentz throw the ball 40, 50, even 60 times in recent weeks. I think they're going to try to beat the Dallas Cowboys so they can go into some momentum with their rookie quarterback saying that they won two games in a row on you know against division rivals who are going to the playoffs. And the way to beat the Cowboys is through the air. I think Carson Wentz is going to throw, throw, throw and there's some production there. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. So many things to actually consider in week 17. When we come back, we're going to hear from Rox, who is on vacation all the way out in Cuba. He's going to give you that DFS lineup. This is a crazy week. We're right before the playoffs. Three of the six teams in the AFC need to actually build chemistry with backup quarterbacks. I don't think we've ever seen that before. We got a lot to discuss. We got Coltrane filling in. I'm your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician. We'll hear from Rox right after the break. We're dropping stats over beats. This is the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. what it is. This is your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician. We dropping stats over beats. It's the Fantasy Freestyle. Now for all of y'all who want to get your rocks fix in, and I guess there's some people that listen to Fantasy Freestyle to hear rocks. Yo, rocks is in Cuba, but he was nice enough to bless you on the holidays with a good week 17 DFS lineup and some takes. I will say this though, he sent that to me early before he left the country, and I will say that uh, he recorded this before the news of Rex Ryan leaving, getting fired in Buffalo. So take 
take it with a grain of salt, but Rocks always gives you that fire to win your league and win that cash. Young fistful of rings. Let's hear what Rocks has to say in Cuba about week 17. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Kuda Sanki, yo, week 17. If you're still rocking with us, hold your head. I know a lot of you are probably on a tropical beach somewhere spending that cash that you won this season listening to Rocks and Speeds on the Fantasy Freestyle on Fantasy Sports Radio Network because we gave you what you needed all season to win your league and win that cash. I know some of you, you just really have insatiable appetites for cash and you just want to play that DFS in week 17 and I totally understand and yo that's why I am here rocking with you there's a lot of different ways you can normally approach a regular week in the NFL however of course week 17 is a completely different animal the way I look look at it the most obvious way is obviously teams that need to be winning and then they are in the playoffs and teams who are still jockeying for playoff position however you would be very very short sighted and cutting off a good deal of the league if that was all that you looked for going into week 17. There's a number of different situations around the league really where you can take advantage of teams that are probably not going to make the playoffs. Basically, you'll be looking at teams that have an opportunity whether it's their head coach who maybe wants to get their quarterback a little bit of reps, whether it's maybe a situation where you might see a wide receiver, maybe a guy like Steve Smith who might actually be playing his last game in the NFL and therefore you're going to want to see what their prices look like in the DFS and think about whether or not you can take advantage of that for sentimental reasons. Also, don't get it twisted. There's a coach and I can think of one right off the top of my head in Buffalo who really might be playing for a job next year. Hello? That is definitely something you want to take into consideration unless of course, you think it's a situation where the players have quit on the coach. That is to say, a lot of people will just be giving you that straight up, oh, you don't want to be in any situation where they may rest their guys' advice. Nah, nah, nah. We're going a lot deeper than that on the Fantasy Freestyle, as we always do. We do not just give you a fish, homeboy. We're teaching you how to fish. So on that note, yo, get your tackle box ready, because I'm about to give you a DFS lineup for Week 17 that I think is going to help you win your league and win that cash. Ayo, let's put it this way. Kirk Cousins has really been a divisive person in the fantasy community this year. However, Washington is one of those teams that still has a glimmer of hope going into Week 17. At 7,900 against a New York Giants team that's already locked into their wild card spot, I really, really like him in this one. They are at home where he's played better this year, and the Giants have already signaled that, you know what, maybe they may rest some starters. I honestly think that they're probably going to be resting starters along a bank up defense. The chief among them, Janoris Jenkins, who's still, still, still not 100%. There's no need to rush him back. And while the Giants have really made a historic turnaround on the defense this year, they've still been a lot better against the rush than they have against the pass. I think this is an exploitable matchup for Kirk Cousins. And also, yo, did I mention you should also look to players who are playing in a contract year? Kirk Cousins got tagged this year. He's making a nice amount of money. However, the Redskins are talking about maybe 
tanking him again. I think he wants one of those nice long-term deals with about 60 or 70 million guaranteed. A great effort against the Giants in Week 17. Putting a little bit more of that on film would definitely give Washington or another team a little bit more confidence that he can be that dude. Moving right along. Ayo, Los Angeles, they didn't really do it this year. But you know who did? David Johnson. David Johnson has been setting all sorts of records for the Arizona Cardinals this year. And if he gets 100 yards from scrimmage, he's going to be passing Barry Sanders and Edron James, both of whom did it for 15 games in a row for the most in a row in one season. I feel like they want to go out on a high note. He has really been outside of Larry Fitzgerald, particularly early in the season. The main thing that Arizona Cardinals fans can hold their head on this year, the LA Rams have basically been in retreat mode for the last six, seven weeks. Jared Goff is terrible. I think Arizona is going to be living in the red zone on this one, even if they're taking it easy. And I think, again, this is about the player. It's not about the game. It reminds me a little bit of when the Titans were trying to get uh, Chris Johnson 2,000 yards a couple of years back, even in games that didn't mean anything. They were feeding him the ball and making sure he got it. The sky is really the limit on David Johnson as long as he gets touches, and I don't see any reason why they are not going to give him touches in this one. And at the very, very least, I'm just going to put his floor at like 105 to 110 yards in this one, and I think it's definite that he scores a touchdown. You may even see some fireworks. I love the blow-up potential. My second running back this week at 6,400, I really like Tevin Coleman against the New Orleans Saints. Atlanta is at home again. Another one of those teams that has made the playoffs but is jockeying for position, so they've got something to play for. Coleman ripped the Saints for three touchdowns in week three, and he's the exact sort of running back that they've had trouble with all year. He has the ability to both break tackles in the open field and also hit a seam and be gone. I do not like this matchup at all as a Saints fan, and I also think that there's no reason for the Falcons to really be pressuring Julio to play heavy snaps other than, you know, they want to make sure he gets a little bit of rapport with Matt Ryan. I don't even really see a huge deal for them to continue to uh, push the ball downfield and expose Matt Ryan to hits. I think they're going to be able to do it against the Saints on the ground, and I really think that Tevin Coleman is going to be the guy getting the carries in the second half. Really love this matchup, and again, the price is right at 6400 The Saints are who you look for to make big plays, uh, who you target, and I really think Coleman is a great, great, great target there. The big game, the big game that we know about in Week 17 is going to be Green Bay traveling from the frozen tundra to Ford Field, to the friendly confines of Ford Field, to play Detroit. It's going to be the last game of the season. I'm assuming they flex that out on Sunday night at 8.30, and I like Jordy Nelson, 8,200, in a must-win game for Green Bay. Yo, Green Bay's offense has been dialed in. The recipes are completely correct. The assembly line is moving like clockwork, and that's basically been A-Rod to Jordy Nelson. I see no reason why he cannot continue it in this one, and I think just, you know, he's just been beasting. He's the guy that Aaron Rodgers looks to when things have got to get done, and there's not been a bigger spot this season for this team where things have got to get done. Jordy Nelson, big spot. You're going to watch your DFS lineup go from like high finishers to like, oh my God, once Jordy blows up for a touchdown against the Lions, it's going to be a long one. In that same game, I really, really like Golden Tate on the Detroit Lions. Detroit has really not done too much down the field too much lately. The running game has been in shambles. However, I do think Golden Tate at 5,700 is a ridiculous 
value. I could see very, very easily Green Bay spending a decent amount of time in the second half in the prevent defense. And you know what? Shifty, fast guys in the open field that Golden Tate do is eat up yards after the catch in a prevent defense. I really, really like the floor that he's been showing lately. He only has three touchdowns, but he's one of those guys who's really been very, very unlucky in terms of getting tackled inside the 10, inside the 5 on a lot of long gainers. So it's certainly something that could pop at any point. I also think he's been peppered with targets really for the last 8 to 10 games. I don't see any reason why that doesn't continue, and I really think Matt Stafford trusts him, and if Theo Riddick happens to miss this game, that even just bolts him even further up those high floor options. I love him as a wide receiver 3 with wide receiver 2 upside in DFS in Week 17. Speaking of upside, oh man, Tyler Lockett was really starting to get into that same groove that he was in last year in that Seattle passing offense, and unfortunately, he's done for the season. He's got some leg issues, and oh man, he's limping all over the place. However, enter Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin was doing it on less targets this year, and he was actually really starting to kill-ish already. And now Lockett is out. He actually saw 44% of the total team targets last week after Lockett went down. And this is a game, again, where the Seattle team needs to win. They're on the road against a historically poor San Francisco defense. They are primarily susceptible to the run, but all of Seattle's main backs are either banged up or on IR. It's probably going to be a couple carries for Rawls, and then maybe you'll see the new guy, Alex Collins, mix in a little bit. I think, though, you're going to see your boy Russ going to the guy that he trusts, Doug Baldwin, down the field, on those short slants, on those little screens, basically moving the ball through the air with Doug Baldwin. I think he's got huge upside in this one, and again, the floor is so high because of the target situation. Love Doug Baldwin. I think he's a great bet for a touchdown against a San Francisco team that is really not even trying to win, and I don't even say that sarcastically. They are not trying to win. I'm going to kind of go to a place where maybe we take it a little bit of sentimental. Kansas City has been really, really good against the tight end all year. Kansas City is another team that could basically, if things break right for them, Kansas City could wind up with a first-round bye. And the way that they've played this year, I think that they deserve it. And particularly with the Raiders not having Derek Carr, who knows what's going to be going on. They play against the San Diego Chargers team that has nothing to play for. It's been a complete lost year, and they've been killed by injuries. However, Antonio Gates continues to have that mind-meld connection with Phillip Rivers. You saw it last week against the Cleveland Browns. He was looking to him like crazy. And honestly, this really may be the last game that Gates plays. It also may be the last game that Gates plays in San Diego, depending on what goes on there. I know Kansas City has been locking down the tight end position all year. It's not a great matchup. They're going to be throwing the ball, however. Call it a hunch. Call it a leap of faith. Call it me just calling it what I want to have happen, but I really think that Gates is a great shot for a touchdown and then some in this one. And at 5800 for that lower to mid-price tight end, I really think he's going to get targets regardless of whether he's covered. He's still proven he has the ability to be one of the better red zone threats in the NFL, and I think the old veteran gets one more from Phillip Rivers in this one and makes himself a great play for 5800 Real quick, I like Will Lutz as a kicker on New Orleans. He's actually been kicking a little bit better, getting more elevation on those kicks. He was getting blocked, and they weren't looking so good early in the year. Uh, they're playing against Atlanta in the uh, in the Georgia Dome. He should have a couple opportunities to kick some field goals, and as I mentioned earlier, I like that Rex Ryan defense and a little bit of a revenge game. Hello? 
against the New York Jets at home, 4,800 on FanDuel. The Jets will be playing in uh, in MetLife Stadium, but it's it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick or, unless they really want to get crazy, maybe uh, Christian Hackenberg. Either one of them are a clear, clear, clear team to attack from a DFS perspective on the defensive side. You know, the Jets are really in shambles on offense. Forte is hurt. Bilal Powell's been ineffective lately. Brandon Marshall is banged up, you know, and Fitzpatrick doesn't want to hold on to the ball. He hasn't all year. So I think they're a great opportunity uh, to really, to really, if they want to, uh, try and maybe make a statement. Hello? So there you have it. That's a quick DFS lineup for you and some ideas that I've got heading into week 17. I just do want to say to everyone listening to us, rocking with us, I hope that you had a happy holiday, regardless of what it is that you celebrate. And I will wish all of you a happy new year. On behalf of Speeds, this is Rocks One Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're going to be back stronger than ever in 2017. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. Bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes coming the blue from the coat. Left. Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. You already know what it is. This is your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, coming into week 17, dropping stats over beats. It's the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You just heard from Rocks One, young fistful of rings, all the way out in Cuba, seeing if he can get more than just rings, get that rum out there, probably uh, holding him down uh, in the new year. I'm back with our special guest host, Coltrane, and he's going to be joining me for, you know what it is, our flagship segments here on the Fantasy Freestyle. We're going to give you our diamonds in the rough, our game flow genius, and our fantasy fugazis. Forget about it for week 17. Hey, Cole, why don't you bless them? We were talking a little bit off air, and you had a diamond that I really, really liked. So uh, why don't you give them your first diamond for uh, week 17? Well, my diamond for week 17 has got to be Jaquiz Rogers. Mm -hmm. I I love that play this week Uh, with Doug Martin officially done for the season and for possibly for the next for even the next four games next season with the suspension coming up and everything in between that Carolina defense has been susceptible to the run all year Jaquiz Rogers has run well he's not a guy that's going to be owned in very many leagues now that Doug Martin was back but if you can get him I think he's going to be a big play this week coming up I expect big things from him no doubt especially like we said with Cameron Brait moving to the IR and obviously they all know everyone knows that Mike Evans will get a ton of targets in week 17 against the Carolina Panthers and that defense like I said like you said have been a little bit exposed this year and still they are likely going to sit out Luke Keekley and that's an interesting question what you do there when people have like the concussions well you know if you just keep resting and sitting them out he, he probably will not play and then you brought up the Doug Martin issue 
uh, Coltrane, and I think that's very intriguing. You know, not only um, is he suspended for four games, but it sounded like Doug Martin said he was going to try to appeal the suspension, and then people and teammates and people close to him told him, nah, man, and instead he entered a rehab facility. It seems the drug in question is actually Adderall Coltrane that he is, um, you know, kind of abusing. And what's interesting about this also is the Tampa Bay Bucks signed Doug Martin to a five-year, 30-plus million dollar deal just last offseason. They have four years left on a contract with the muscle hamster Doug Martin. So you got to figure they will expend all their resources to try to get him right, even though he's going to miss the next, what, I guess three games next year. It's still for the long play. You got to protect your investment and wrap your arms around Doug Martin in this situation if you're the Tampa Bay Bucks, Right, Coltrane? Absolutely. I mean, you can't let the muscle hamster get away from you. The guy's got big, got a lot of skill. You know, proving it time over time again. He'll come back, but for right now, I mean, it is what it is. It's a it's an unfortunate uh, set of circumstances for him. We hope that he gets the help that he needs, but at the end of the day, this is it's if we're talking about week 17. Right, right. This is week 17. Other people are resting. Other people are resting just because uh, they were resting for the playoffs. This guy is going to a treatment facility. Uh, we're praying for you, Doug Martin. Hope everything goes well. Yo, Mike Diamond in the rough for week 17. You know what? I like this guy at tight end. This is a guy who has shown a history of building at the end of the season. This is a guy who I think last year also had a great last month. This is a guy who is building a relationship with his young quarterback, and I already told you earlier in the show that I think Carson Wentz is going to throw the ball about 50 times on Sunday, and I think his number one target is going to be Zach Ertz, and I think Zach Ertz is my diamond in the rough on week 17. I'm telling you, this guy um, has been heavily targeted by by Carson Wentz, and you can get him for only 5900 in that matchup at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said before, the Dallas Cowboys pass defense is susceptible, um, and the, the Philadelphia Eagles are a much better team at home, and they will be home on Week 17. The Cowboys are 27th in the NFL against the pass. I like that matchup. I think um, in a week where there are not a lot of tight ends, you know, like Jordan Reed still injured, Greg Olson is questionable, Eifert has been moved to IR. Do you want to pay up for Travis Kelsey, or do you want to get a little bit of value? If you do, I like Zach Ertz at 5,900. He's my diamond in the rough for Week 17, and rocks and all of you listeners of the Fantasy Free Freestyle would know that I have been hot giving you tight ends at value all season long. But even now, some of my guys that I've been giving you, guys like Cameron Braid, are out. Guys like Ladarius Green, who I've been calling for you, are now out. Even though um, he, he's out of the concussion protocol, he will probably rest as well for the wild card game. So I think that this is the way to go. Zach Ertz, diamond in the rough, week 17. What do you feel about Ertz? I know, uh, you know, as a as a Giants fan, it might be hard for you to compliment uh, an Eagle, but you know that uh, the Cowboys defense can be beat by the tight end. Absolutely, and you know, Zach Ertz has looked great, and but who's looked even better than him has been the guy throwing the ball to him the past two weeks since Lane Johnson came back. That's true. Is Carson Wentz looked fantastic against the Giants defense that was playing for everything. Yep, absolutely, and I think, like I said, volume play, and in Week 17, you got to find out 
the places where, uh, you know, people people have motivation. There's other motivations, you know. Before we get into before we get into uh, game flow geniuses or fugazes, I gotta I gotta give um, something else. You know, there's a couple of people where there's there's milestones on the line. Okay, you know, Melvin Gordon is hustling back to try to play in Week 17 because when he got injured a few weeks ago, he finished. He has 997 yards rushing so far this year. You know, I think he's hustling back trying to get over that thousand mark. Antonio Gates, even though he has said he's gonna come back next year, he is only one touchdown shy of the tight end touchdown record. I think Philip Rivers is gonna try to pump him with a lot of red zone targets. I think Antonio Gates would also be a nice diamond in the rough. And another one I like, Kansas City Chiefs running back Spencer Ware um, needs about 80 yards to get the thousand. And I think that would be a nice threshold. Remember the Kansas City Chiefs playing against San Diego in a stadium that I think will be more red than Lightning Bolt, even though sadly enough it is the last game for San Diego likely in that city. I wonder uh, I wonder how that will be. But you know, let's turn our attention now to some people, some some people that our listeners need to avoid, Coltrane, here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Who uh, who are some fugazis that we need to forget about in week 17 where you don't think? And I know you're thinking a little bit broader because here on the Fantasy Freestyle, what we always say is we do not give people a fish. We teach them how to fish. And in this situation on week 17, you're talking about avoiding a whole chunk of people, right, Coltrane? That's a fugazi. How do you know it's a fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a fugazi is. On week 17, I avoid anybody who's clinched. Right, right. I avoid. Let's just go to the list. Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott. Yeah, Dallas, they're going to park the bus and get away. That's why, to be honest, Coltrane, the Cowboys went from one-point favorites on the road to Philly becoming a five-point favorite at home because they know they're going to rest that that young backfield, that uh, Pro Bowl MVP contending backfield of Dallas. Absolutely. I, you know, I, it's the same, th- same way with I avoid Tom Brady. I avoid mm-hmm. guys like, let's see, I mean, I avoid Spencer Ware, to be honest with you, even with the milestone coming up. Um, I, uh, they got to play, though, because remember, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Oakland Raiders actually still have the division up for grabs and potentially a bye. They could oh, yeah. be the two seed or they could be a wild card. So they are, in fact, playing. And I think that's a big difference. But there are, you're right, though, there are definitely some other teams man like the New York football Giants and that leaves me to my fool Gazy for week 17 and I gotta tell you the truth the Giants are locked into the five seed they're going to be traveling um, on the road probably to the NFC North champion and I would sit this week Odell Beckham Jr. Listen and the thing is not only because of this uh, clinch thing but as we know in a big game for the for the Washington team where they have to win in Washington they have uh, Josh Norman who will likely be covering Odell Beckham for a lot of this game. You know their history. We don't want to get into that. But here's the thing. Odell has too much on the line, too much to risk. And there's a chance that, you know, there could be a brouhaha. There could be a suspension. There could be an injury. There could be something that comes that becomes a distraction for the New York football giants next week in their wild card matchup. And for that reason alone, I think Odell needs to go on his honeymoon with the kicking net and take a rest this week. I think he's my fugazi, and I think eventually in the game, the first time there's any kind of weird 
hatred, animosity, or any kind of flare-up, it's going to be like, thanks, Odell, now you sit down. And if you have him in fantasy or if you played him in any way, shape, or form in DFS, you're going to be pissed off. Odell Beckham, Fugazi, forget about him. Odell, Odell's a little bit of a nutcase. You know, as a Giants fan, I watched every week. I... I, you're probably right. He's probably going to be sitting down for most of the game, to be honest with you, just because why risk it? There's no benefit from him playing besides his own personal pride, which we know gets in the way most of the time anyway. Mm-hmm. To be honest, to be honest with you, it's just it's more it's more about self-preservation in week 17 than anything else. Yep, and this can play itself out in so many different ways. I go to the Buffalo New York Jets game. The quarterback decisions there are playing themselves out in, in completely different ways. On the Buffalo side of things, you have Tyrod Taylor being benched in favor of EJ Manuel. That does not send a signal that they are trying to win the game. What they're trying to do is protect their financial asset. If for some reason Tyrod Taylor gets hurt, that triggers, they could trigger an option where they have to pay him $30 million. It reminds me of years past where RG3 and Colin Kaepernick were just benched because they didn't want him to get hurt because they didn't want to have like contract things going on. And on the Jets side of things, unbelievably, the New York Jets are going to go out there and start Ryan Fitzpatrick in Week 17, and it looks like rookie second-year pick Christian Hackenberg will not see the field at all. I think they're doing this for uh, the reason of this way you always have hope of like what's behind door number three. If they went out there and Christian Hackenberg looked even worse than Bryce Petty, it would it would doom that Mike McCagnin, you know, kind of strategy and pick. And also, they wouldn't be able to, you know, they wouldn't be able to say that uh, maybe we can still develop him. It would be kind of an admission that they pissed away a second-round pick. So very interesting to see how these things play out in so many different games, Cole. What about a game like, you know, like <laughs> Chicago, Minnesota, where Matt Barkley is competing, trying to put things on film so maybe other teams might want him as a backup or something, against Sam Bradford in Minnesota, who's been getting, you know, hammered all season long behind an offensive line. What do you do in these kinds of situations? Well, I mean, you've got to... <laughs> it depends on your situation. That's the problem with these games. And I mean, I think at the end of the day, when you're talking... So let's go back to the Jets, for example. We'll be honest, though. If you're a Jets fan, you already kind of know what you got in Hackenberg. There's a reason why he hasn't played this year. I guess so. We kind of know what he is at this point. He's not a good quarterback. He's not ready to play in the NFL. He's been in the league for two years now. No, that's petty. Hackenberg, we don't know about. Petty, we know, is not ready. But, but Hackenberg, and they're not even going to run Hackenberg out there. You got to throw him out there at some point, though. They have, that, that's the thing. That's why I think that we kind of know we, it's kind of what we, we know what we have in Petty and Hackenberg at this point. Because they're not throwing him out there. Yeah, what I guess. You? I guess. Maybe it's they don't want to, they don't want to soil their reputation further. Yo, last thing we got to give them here, though. Reputation is left for the Jets. I mean, at this point, you. You can't if you throw Fitzpatrick out there, you're not giving your fan base anything at all to rely on. And I think at a certain point, fan, the, the ownership's got to give got to give their fans something to be even remotely happy about. All right, all right. So yeah, I mean these quarterback positions all across the land in Week 17 are very intriguing. But we have one thing left to do here on the Fantasy Freestyle where we drop in stats over beats. Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rox is in Cuba. He gave you a D. DFS lineup. We still have our game flow genius and Coltrane. They uh they know what they're doing out there in the desert, out there in Vegas, and they have put an astronomical line on this Saints Falcon 
Titans game. Uh, a 56 over-under total. In the Dome, you got Matt Ryan, you know, potential MVP candidate against Drew Brees, who, uh, you know, leads the league in passing and second in touchdowns, yet somehow did not get a Pro Bowl nomination. We think there's a lot of points going to be scored in that game. I think I can find a game flow genius or two out of there. You like anybody in that game as a game flow genius? I like Drew Brees because they're going to be throwing, 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 throwing all game. Drew Brees is, I mean, I like Matt Ryan too, but I think I think at a certain point, if the game gets too crazy out of control, things are happening, I think Matt Ryan even gets taken out because, why again, why are we risking playoff or MVP quarterback for the playoffs? I think Drew Brees throws all game, to be honest with you. I think he's a lock, to be honest. So Yeah, Drew Brees indoors has, you know, you, you, don't, you make money with Drew Brees indoors. I, would, uh, I like what you're saying, Coltrane, and I would think that, you know, remember, the other person on Atlanta that you really have to be careful of is who? Julio Jones. Julio Jones has missed a few weeks. Julio Jones just coming back. And um, I could see Julio Jones also getting an early hook in this game. And that's why one of my game flow geniuses is Tevin Coleman. I think Tevin Coleman, you know, he's been healthy now the last couple of weeks coming back, growing in his role. He went off in the last game, 90 yards and a touchdown. I think against a bad Saints defense, Tevin Coleman is someone who could be an interesting value, could get you in the end zone. You know Devontae Freeman is big. If you want to pay up for him on FanDuel and these other daily uh, fantasy sites, you could always do that as well. But I think they're going to try to uh, eventually at some point park the bus and get out of there. And I don't think Atlanta's going to throw as much. I like your call of Breeze over um, Matt Ryan. We will, uh, you know, my fantasy, like, kind of, you know, most outstanding player, though, is another guy you wanted to shout out. You know, this year, it's been Le'Veon Bell, it's been Ezekiel Elliott, and it's been this last guy who's been incredibly consistent week in, week out, and I know you want to tip your cap to David Johnson, right, Coltrane? David Johnson, can can you be the perfect fantasy player? Is Does, does such a thing exist? Because if there ever was a player, it's David Johnson. 2,079 yards, uh, combined yards, rushing, receiving, 20 combined touchdowns for David Johnson this year. Absolutely. Is he your number one pick next year over even like Le'Veon Bell or Zeke Elliott? I think this year proved that David Johnson is absolutely worth the number one pick. And not only just David Johnson, running backs should dominate the top four picks of next year's draft, to be honest, if, in my honest opinion. Absolutely. We got the three of the, the three running backs I named, and who's your fourth that you put in that tier right there? Hmm, that's a good question. I I'm hesitant about putting Shady in there. Uh, Shady McCoy has been incredible. DeMarco Murray has had a great year as well. You know, those guys will probably be able to come back. Obviously, rule number one we say here on the Fantasy Freestyle Cold Train is know your settings in PPR leagues. You still want to get those wideouts like Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, and even guys like Mike Evans. But obviously, those are the running backs that are going to be helping you next year. Um, the people that have been listening to us this year have been winning their leagues and winning that cash. Shout out again to Matty G, who uh, was in two finals, four semifinals of his leagues, straight up because he listened to Rocks and Speeds on the Fantasy Freestyle, and all the winners out there. Yo, if you tweet us a picture of your championship, hashtag champion, hashtag Fantasy Freestyle, come out on us here sometime. We'd love to interview you on the Fantasy Freestyle. We'll be holding you down. Playoff Fantasy, yo, that happens on DFS. We know a couple of other playoff formats that we'll talk about, and then don't get it twisted 
listed. We could do that Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. So we'll start even talking about some of the hot stove moves in uh, baseball as well. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. When you hear us next week, it'll be big time NFL playoffs. We hope you won your league and won your catch. Uh, special shout out and thanks again, Coltrane, for stopping by. Really appreciate you guest hosting those that's on the Fantasy Freestyle. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Speeds. Really no, appreciate it. No doubt. So for Coltrane and your boy Rocks, who's enjoying the uh, you know the renewed freedom out there in Cuba, I'm your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician. This is the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ha ha. Peace.